Welcome to Unfolding Words. I'm Antracia Moorings, and this is the weekly podcast dedicated to sharing biblical truth that offers light for your walk and life for your soul. I know I say this every week, but I so appreciate that you take the time to press play. This week, I am going to be switching gears just a little bit, and I'm going to share some Bible study tips with you, five simple ways that you can make the most of your Bible study time. I love Bible study. It's just the way that I'm wired. And I often have friends ask me, how do you make time for a Bible study? Where do you start? How do you approach Bible study? And I get it. When you have kids, it can be hard to dedicate time to Bible study versus Bible reading. And so today I want to share how I approach that. Um, Bottom line is that you have to carve out time. If you carve out time for your favorite show, like UDVR, This Is Us, (laughs) like I am looking forward to this fall, I set time aside to watch that. So you have to do the same thing with Bible study. You have to carve out time because Bible study does take time. So that is one of the first tips. Well, actually, that's not the first tip. That's actually like a bonus tip is that you have to make time for Bible study. You can get intimidated, and I get that too, at the thought of studying the Bible on your own, but you can do it. And it's really necessary if you want to grow as a child of God. Getting into the Word on your own helps you to be able to not only navigate the Word, but to be able to defend your faith or to share the gospel with someone if necessary. So I'm going to offer you some tips of how I approach Bible study. Number one is you open the scriptures prayerfully and humbly. When I open the scriptures, I'm praying that the eyes of my understanding will be enlightened. The Bible is a historical factual book, but above all else, it's a book about God and who he is. And I can't possibly fathom all that God is. So I come knowing that there will always be more to learn about the Bible and about who God is. Always, every single time that I open the Bible. I remember a pastor of mine saying that an older pastor that he knew who was well into his elderly years said he was still getting revelation on one verse of scripture after decades of teaching the Bible. We will never exhaust the knowledge of the Bible. So when you come to the Bible, open it prayerfully and humbly, knowing that you don't know everything. There's not any way possible that you could ever know everything there is to know about the Bible. Tip number two is to write in your Bible. And I have to say, a few years ago, I was adamantly adamantly against this. Like I would not write in my Bible because when I read my Bible, I never wanted notes to distract me from where I was reading. But now I have a separate Bible that I write notes in, and then I have a Bible that I read in without notes. And one of my, this is a little side note, one of my favorite Bibles to read is the ESV Reader's Bible. It comes with no verse numbers, just chapter numbers, and it's just paragraph after paragraph, which helps you to engage with the word in a different way because the verses sort of break up 
the text in an unnatural way on some parts. So when you read it in its entirety, you get a different feel for the Bible. So check out the Reader's Bible. They have them in different translations. You don't have to just get them in the ESV. That's one thing that has really changed the way I read the Bible on my own. Writing in your Bible. It's a great tool. So I used to print out a copy of the Bible and I would circle recurring recurring words and themes, ask questions, mark definitions, note any revelation that I had gotten on verses, and I would jot down questions that popped up as I was reading. And there are actually loose leaf hole punch Bibles that are available for sale online. You can find them on Amazon.com or you can even just cut and paste the Bible into a Word doc from Bible Gateway. And Bible Gateway even lets you remove the title headings and verses, which makes reading easier. But I now use a journaling Bible, the ESV Interleave Journaling Bible, which has a blank page on every page. That's what I'm currently using to mark my Bible. There's also um, an inductive study Bible that's out that has spaces between each line that you can mark up. There is the ESV scripture journal. I think it may come in other translations that positions the full text of scripture opposite lightly lined blank pages where you can put notes and prayers is great for taking um, notes from sermons, group studies, the possibilities are endless. So there are a lot of different Bibles out there if you choose to write in your Bible. So just know you don't have to like write small and try to fit things in. There are a lot of different options out there now. Also, I want to add that when I'm doing Bible study, I just read the Bible only. That's it. When most people say they're studying the Bible, what they're really doing is studying a book someone else has written about their study of the Bible. And that's not a bad thing. But it certainly shouldn't be the only source of how you gain knowledge about the Bible. Sometimes you have to sit with a verse that you don't understand, pray about it, come back. And I've sat with a verse for more than a month before I got insight into it. And so Bible study is a slow, steady process. And sometimes understanding does not come overnight. So stick with the Bible, sit with it and work through the hard parts. Number three, choose a method of study. You may choose to do a topical study, a word study, a character study, or read a whole book of the Bible, which is my favorite method. Whatever it is, stick to it and don't jump around during a single study period. When you study, you can use the inductive study method. So for those who don't know, Inductive study uses investigative tools to gather information about the Bible, and it's based on three principles. Observation, which is taking in all the facts about the text and taking into consideration its context. Then there's interpretation, which is figuring out what the text is saying and keeping in mind there's only one correct interpretation. We never use our own opinion to come to a conclusion about what a verse is saying. And remember, Scripture always interprets Scripture. And then finally, there's application, which is where you apply lessons for your life. And I recently found an acrostic for 
the word observations. That's also very helpful. And I'll include this in the show links if you want to check them out. But I'll read them quickly. Observe means to um, the all right, I'm already giving it away. I'm just so excited. <laughs> the O stands for observe prayerfully. The B begin with seeing the big picture. S select keywords. E explore commands to follow. R record any warnings giving. V venture to find promises proclaimed. A Ask and answer questions in the text. T. Target the key places and people. I. Inspect for contrasts and comparisons that you see. O. Overview your discoveries in light of the context. N. Note words repeated and emphasized. And S. Select the style of literature. So just the observation process alone has so many elements to it that you can't really get bored with Bible study if you're doing all of these things. And also keep in mind that there are 11 categories of culture that need to be taken into consideration when reading the Bible. So we can never read the Bible against the backdrop of contemporary culture. We have to realize that the Bible was written in the framework of another time. So though its spiritual significance is timeless, it was written within the boundaries of of culture and should be read with that in mind. So you have to step back in time quite a few years to understand the context and the times of the Bible. So when you're reading, you should keep in mind these 11 categories of culture. Political, so understand that there is a political backdrop that is taking place. There's Things happening happening politically that may affect the text. Religiously, what is happening not just within the world of the Bible, but what is happening religiously with other religions? There were other religions that existed from the Old Testament to the New Testament, which play a role. Economically, what's going on? Legally, what are the norms? Agriculturally, that plays a big role, especially in the Old Testament Um, what's going on with the land and agriculturally. Architecturally, that's one that people don't really think about a lot. Like what was the lay of the land when it comes to buildings? Clothing, another important one. We can um, understand a lot more if we know what it is that people were wearing and what was the norm then. Domestically, what was taking place inside of the home? What was the family structure? That's something that you should be aware of. Geographically, what is the lay of the natural land and military? What was going on in the military and socially? What were social norms? So there's a lot of things to consider when you're reading the scriptures. And no scripture happens in a vacuum. There's always some backdrop on which the scriptures lay. Number four, you want to gather excavation tools. So as you dig deeper in the word through Bible study, it's good to have good, solid tools. You would never go in the garden with a fork. You have to make sure you have the correct tools for the job. So things like a Bible dictionary, one of my favorite things. I love looking up the meanings of names. You want to have a good, solid commentary 
written by um, someone who has solid Christian beliefs. You want to look at an encyclopedia and maps. Thanks to Bible College, I've recently started using maps, and I'm finding it gives a frame of reference that I never took into consideration before. And a concordance is also good to have. I have to admit, I am a bit of a strong concordance junkie. I love to look up the origin of words and also be sure to cross-reference scriptures that you're reading. Any good Bible will have cross-references indexed in it. And it's a good way to see how the Bible is woven together as one big tapestry. And if you need help finding some of these tools, I'll include a link in the show notes for this as well. And fifth and final tip, separate Bible study from your personal devotion time or your quiet time, whatever you call it. So for me, Bible study is studying as a student would to gain knowledge for a class. So I block out an hour in the evenings after the kids are asleep and I use that time to pour over the scriptures and get more understanding about what I'm reading. Sometimes it gets so good, I stay up too late and I suffer for the next morning. So Bible, the aim of Bible study is to get more knowledge so you have a better, better understanding of what you're reading. Whereas devotion time is a shorter amount of time where you're reading to get encouraged or just to read the Bible to understand more about who God is. So it's a good thing to separate the two of those and realize that trying to merge the two together can make you feel overwhelmed. And I should add here that getting a good Bible version or translation of the Bible that you enjoy is key. So I recently switched from the King James Version, which I grew up on, to the ESV English Standard Version, because I wanted a greater ease of reading. And the ESV is a word for word translation that I just found easier to digest. It's good to find a translation, whether it's NIV, the NASB. So find one that works best for you. But keep in mind that you want to stick with translations and not ones that are where someone is giving their interpretation of the Bible, like the Message Bible, is not good because it's more of a paraphrase than a translation. So for Bible study, you want to stick with something that's directly derived from the original language versus what someone is paraphrasing as well. So what are your tips for Bible study? Do you have any handy tips? I'd love to hear them. And what are you studying? I'd love to hear that as well. You can reach out to me on the blog at unfoldingwords.com or reach out to me on Instagram and Facebook at Unfolding Words. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please share it on social media using the hashtag Unfolding Words. I'd greatly appreciate that. So join me next week. I'm going to be talking about the sneaky sin of unbelief. And you may be surprised at how unbelief trickles into your life because I know I was. Until then, may God's word be a lamp to your feet and a light to your path. God bless you.